Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Hi, it's Mo, and you are listening to Sex, Love, and Rock and Roll Radio, a weekly podcast dedicated to sex, dating, and relationships that are outside of the box, non-normative, and designed to inspire you to live more authentically and by your own rules. By breaking down myths and looking at social constructs, my goal is to inspire you to have a better, safer, more informed sex, dating, and love life. No rock unturned. Now that is rock and roll. And today our guest is Dr. Jenny Schuyler. She is a PhD, a certified sex therapist through ASEC, which is the American Association of Sex Educators, Counselors, and Therapists. She's also a board certified sexologist and a licensed marriage and family therapist. Jenny has also been the director of the Intimacy Institute for Sex and Relationship Therapy in Boulder, Colorado for over nine years. Her doctorate is in clinical psychology and her master's of education is in counseling psychology and marriage and family therapy. Also, Dr. Jenny offers sexological wisdom and advice as the in-house resident expert at Adam and Eve, America's largest sex toy company. She's also been featured in numerous magazines online and in print, um, including HuffPost, Shape Magazine, 5280 Health, um, Men's Health, Pop Sugar, BuzzFeed, and so much more. She's been an expert speaker and workshop presenter locally, nationwide. She's written columns um, for Savvy Sex, which is for Adam and Eve, for the Boulder Weekly. Um, She's all around, she's an all around woman who just loves to spread education wherever she goes. Um, She's also served as a sexual health scholar at the Center of Excellence for Sexual Health under the leadership of the 16th U.S. Surgeon General, Dr. David Satcher, at Morehouse School of Medicine in Atlanta, Georgia. During her time there, she also consulted on numerous nonprofits regarding sexuality in the public health sphere, including the Center for Disease Control, on healthy sexuality and sexually healthy relationships. And finally, when she's not in the office, you can find Dr. Jenny spending time with her family. Um, Her husband and co-director is Daniel Leibovitz. They have two young sons and backyard chickens. Um, Dr. Jenny is passionate about all the World Health Organization pillars of health and therefore maintains a strong self-care practice that includes CrossFit, swimming, and slow walks in nature. So without any further ado, Dr. Jenny Schuyler. Hi, Jenny. Hi, Mo. Thank you so much for having me on. That was a very comprehensive bio. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a lot, you've done a lot of stuff. I, lo- I really love the stuff about uh, working for the CDC and, um, you know, working with the U.S. Surgeon General. I don't think I've ever really known anybody that I knew of that worked for the U.S. Surgeon General. So I thought that was really cool. 
yeah, it was very fun. It was a, a very cool and um, life-changing program for me because, I mean, one, he, he was such a good role model and leader, and then just to mm-hmm. have the opportunities to be in Atlanta and work for the CDC. And I kind of called it my experience of sex therapy on a public level because all of it was public health related. Um, so I got to work in inner cities with harm reduction centers, and then I would go to the CDC and, and work with them. So it's kind of a cool experience of all kinds of organizations. Wow, that sounds really great. And I feel like we definitely need so much more sex education here in our country. So I think it's fabulous what you're doing. So I applaud you. You have an excellent work history. So I'm really excited <laughs> to have you on the air today. Um, so let's, why don't we piggyback on that and um, let's talk a little a bit about um, sex education in the U.S. Um, I mean, clearly, you know, as sex therapists, I feel like we go into it knowing that it's really bad. Um, but once you become a sex therapist, I don't know, in my experience, I'm discovering that it's much worse than we kind of assumed when we got into the field. And um I'm often shocked and horrified by the things that I hear. So I would love to hear your perspective on it as well. Uh, I, I fully agree with you. It's it's kind of mind-blowing how little education people have. Um, and at the same time, it's not that surprising considering it's A, it's a taboo, and B, you know, we don't, we don't train our teenagers or even college students if you go to college or – even later in life on how to be in a relationship and how to be in a sexual relationship. It's kind of like the analogy I usually like to make is if you're going to drive a car, you know, you have to take a driver's course or at least learn from someone and then take a license test, both written and driven. And now you have proved competency to drive a car and we don't do the same for a relationship in any capacity. And, you know, my opinion is we should, but when they do come to us as a sex therapist, I kind of feel like that's driver's ed for sexuality and relationships, um, which is good. They're finally yeah. getting it, but it's interesting that they haven't had it before. Right. It's, you know, it's funny that you use the driver's ed analogy because um, it's definitely like, I mean, in driver's ed, you actually have to pass a test, which I think is funny. Um, but, you know, if you, if, if people had like a, just a little bit of knowledge, everybody's, you know, just sort of piecing together, um, maybe a little bit from a Playboy magazine, a little bit from what they hear from their friends. And then when it comes down to having adult relationships, there's no tools to solve problems when sexuality problems come up in the relationship. I mean, people aren't even talking about sex. Um, and so how are they supposed to solve those problems in a relationship? Um, right. So I think it's great that people seek out a sex therapist, but I, I feel like not a lot of people are doing that because too many people feel like they know everything that they need to know. Sure, and they probably don't seek out a sex therapist for the educational piece necessarily. They, they, they'd probably seek us out for supporting them through a crisis or a low point, you know, relationally or sexually, but not necessarily for education. And I, right. and I would say, you know, right. maybe part of our job is the education. Like if you look at the plicit model, you know, there's limited information and specific suggestions. So I definitely weave a lot of education into my sessions. But, you know, if I were to wave a magic wand, it starts, you know, early and often with parents helping their kids and then in the school systems. And then, you know, maybe even having numerous 
courses through high school and college, both on relationships and sexuality. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, So, yeah. And, and then just sort of, you know, I don't want to let this, this topic go that quickly because I think it's important that to say this, um, that abstinence is still a form of sex education that is often taught in a lot of different places, um, particularly in um, more religious settings, um, which doesn't actually give anybody any, any form of knowledge or doesn't give anybody any tools to handle any sort of um, sexual things. And in fact, it, it sort of creates this fear around sex. Yeah. I mean, it's almost like the thing you could do, in my opinion, because it's like Mm -hmm. you're denying the fact that here is a human being, you know, as children enter into puberty and all their sex hormones come online and they're basically being hijacked by their hormones and they're feeling all these things both somatically and mentally and emotionally. And it's confusing. And to say, you know, we're not going to speak to this at all. We're not going to speak to your changing body and all these desires and fantasies that are completely circulating through you. Um, We're just going to just put that under the rug. I I find that to be disrespectful to the human being Um, and dangerous. Mm -hmm. You know, now how do I navigate life without this information, without this knowledge of how I work and how my sexuality, especially since we're all sexual beings, how does that work? And now I have right. to defer to, you know, all these other resources, which most of, you know, in today's world is pornography. And, you know, I think pornography has its place in terms of erotica and fantasy, but it's not great sex education. It's horrible sex education, actually. And But that's right. the only place to go to for a lot of people, especially if, if they're getting absolutely nothing, which is the case oftentimes in abstinence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, is that, how do you feel about it? Yep. Did I, I, you? I, I agree one hundred percent. Yeah, for a second, for a second, you went out, but it sounds like you're back. So, um, um, I agree one hundred percent. I think abstinence is um, is a, is detrimental to society. Um, it totally undermines us as um, you know human. Our, it totally undermines our human nature. Um, it. Um, sends a very powerful message that sex is dirty, that sex is not to be talked about. Um, I believe that abstinence training is sort of synonymous with violence teaching. It sort of, uh, you know, implies that sex is not good. Sex is actually bad. You shouldn't even talk about it. In fact, you should just try to get it wherever you can. It's kind of like it, it implies so much um, so much negative, um, you know, connotations towards sex and sexuality that it's, I think that it's extremely harmful um, to our society. So, you know, as much education as we can put out there, I mean, that is my goal, you know, obviously with, with doing this kind of stuff that people know that sex is okay to talk about. Sex is actually a great thing to talk about and let's talk about it more and let's try to um, embrace it and bring it into our lives as, as much as we can. You know. Yeah, I mean, I think I think a it's a bigger, deeper rooted problem, you know, maybe almost on a political level, but not. I don't even want to go into that per se. But right. it's yeah. about values, right? right? Our right. values. If we teach abstinence education, that's usually aligned with a particular set of values, right? Or I'm not mm-hmm. going to judge that right or wrong. You know, comprehensive sex education is a different set of values. Again, I'm not going to judge that right or wrong, but I think offering the facts 
of this is how our sexuality works, this is how our human sexual response works, um, this is how consent works. And then you can offer the different values. You could say, you know, whoever the educator is, you know, my values are maybe you do save um, sex until marriage. And maybe other people say the values are test drive the car before you buy, buy it kind of thing. And right. I don't want to judge right. the, the values, but I think, I think actually taking ownership and accountability for these are my values and that's why I'm teaching what I'm teaching with the fact. So it's not that the mm-hmm. facts are actually going to, to determine the values. I think it's defining both in different yes. settings or different That's people. Excellent. And, yeah, and encouraging young people to define their own values, to figure out what works for them and, and what sort of resonates with them. Yeah. 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 And, awesome. and the pros and cons so, of different values. Sorry, go yeah, ahead. I think that's. I think it's really. I think that's a really important thing. I mean, also, I mean, you know, just to piggyback on that for a second, it helps them learn their own critical thinking tools. You know, and that's something that is very important, um, especially when it comes to sex and sexuality, because it's so. It is so fluid, and um, there are so many options and choices. So yeah. Um, so I was going to. I was going to sort of um, ask you about. Um, you know, I know that you're a sex therapist, and I wanted to talk to you about how does sex therapy um, fit in in today's electronic world? Yeah. So just to clarify the question, do you mean in terms of providing sex therapy, like on Zoom or Skype or FaceTime, or or how does the electronic world yeah. impact intimacy and relationships? I, I mean, whichever whichever aspect of it you want to talk about is fine with me. <laughs> okay. I mean, I guess in brief, it's it's great to have, you know, an electronic world to provide people wh- who don't have local resources support. So, you know, in that way, that mm-hmm. it makes sense that that's a good option for people. I find I find doing work on the computer, you know, with, with Zoom or something like that, a little tricky. Like if I have a client that travels or something like that. Um, I like mm-hmm. having the the context of a human being in the room and their energy and the face to face and the relational dynamic of being in the same physical space. Um, but it, you know mm-hmm. you can't always do that, so it's a great option. Um, in right. terms of right. the, the Im- impact of relationships and intimacy, I mean I think we are dangerously more intimate these days with our screens, be it our phones or our computers. And it's Mm -hmm. sabotaging relationships in terms of, of sort of being, if you think about, I think Stan Tacken talks about that couple bubble concept where it's, you know, the two partners inside the couple bubble and it can get sabotaged by a third. And, you know, a third could be anything. It could be a kid. It could be a job. It could be an addiction. You know, I think that for most people having, you know, their iPhone or a screen, and there's a lot of utility to both these things in our technology and not undermining the utility, but I also think that unless we're very intentional and very boundaried with it, um, it can really be a third in a relationship and take and mm-hmm. a lot of our mm-hmm. time and energy. Yeah. yeah. So, and so we're not a good society of yeah. boundaries. <laughs> right. I mean, I was just going to ask you about that. How do you, like, when you work with couples and or individuals around this subject, um, what are your suggestions? 
I mean, first I ask, how's it going for you? Like, how, how's that phone working for you in terms of your relationship? I let right. them sort of name it and, and come to that on their own just so that they can start the process of that personal accountability. Um, mm-hmm. And then after that, you know, maybe the partner weighs in, and then we talk about, you know, let's wave the magic wand. If your relationship was going perfectly for you, what would that look like? And what would be the place and role of your technology? You know, again, letting them name that answer for themselves, and then we brainstorm, okay, so what does that mean? That might mean at 8 p.m. phone goes off or an airplane mode, or when you actually mm-hmm. brush your teeth, the phone goes into the kitchen, um, or we move the TV out of the bedroom, or, you know, we have a Saturday or Sunday, a 24-hour period where we don't turn anything on. Like, you know, that's, that's, you know, that's high. <laughs> that's dramatic for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's an option. I mean, I had a good friend. Right. We, we actually chatted just about this, and she's like, you know what? I'm motivated to get a flip phone. She got rid of her uh-huh. iPhone, got a flip phone, started having way more sex with her husband, and she's like, I can't believe I'm having more sex with my husband because <laughs> I have a flip phone. But it gave her so much more time and energy at night, and she's like, oh, I'm a little bored. That's, it's not that I'm really bored off the second my husband, great. but it kind of did uh-huh. convert. <laughs> yeah. Right. Of course, it frees up that time. It's funny because I just noticed recently on my iPhone, there's like a little app or something that tells you how many hours a day you've been, you spent on social media, how many hours you spent on your email. Mm-hmm. Um, and it like yeah. breaks it down for you. And I was kind of shocked when I saw the number, I was like, four hours, (laughs) you know, so when you look at it like that and you really, I mean, it was like in my face how much time I had, you know, spent. Um, And granted, I use some of that for marketing and and whatnot and work and obviously things like that, but obviously not the entire time I'm doing work. Um, And you, it really shows you how much time you would have freed up if you just put that phone down. We, we're so addicted to it. It's so easy to just reach for that phone. So I think that's excellent that you, that you, that you brought that up. And I think that that's really insightful that your friend was having more sex with her husband. That's great. That's great news. Yeah. I'm going to tell people that story. <laughs> I know. <laughs> the flip phone equals it. more sex. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. That's great. So, so I want to talk to you a little bit about working for Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve, um, for the audience out there, is a sex toy company, and they've been around for a long time. Um, so what's it like working for Adam and Eve while also being a sex therapist? And what do you do for them exactly? Sure. Um, one, it's super fun. I'm their resident sexologist, so basically I'm their sexual health expert, and I my my job duties include answering media questions um, to f- provide that sexual health answer or knowledge mm-hmm. to you know major media publications. Um, doing podcasts like this, for instance, uh, I also do some social media things. I make a little video each week. Um, I say little because <laughs> I guess it's not little, but it's a it's, I call uh-huh. it savvy sex in sixty seconds, and it's just a short sex therapy session. It's really 90 seconds, to be honest. And we have a theme each month. So each, we, you know, if it's one month this month, half, half the month is breast cancer and half the month is kind of Halloween costuming um, and, and role okay. play, that kind of stuff. And so each week I'll speak to the theme in a different way and offer a piece of um, information about it. And then I, I kind of put that sex therapy slant on it. So that's, you know, because I'm a sex therapy, that's the le- sex therapist that's the lens I come from. And, you Mm -hmm. know, sometimes I'll frame 
the little media piece with this is a typical problem that couples or individuals have. This is why it's important to address it, and here's a solution and or homework. So anybody watching it can kind of go, oh, yeah, me too. I, I can I, I fit into that. I, I've struggled with, um, you know, desire discrepancy. I've struggled with painful intercourse. I've, you know, whatever the theme of the month is, it's not always that clinical per se. Um, but I try to kind of bring a little bit of the clinical into it. So mm-hmm. I, I do that with okay. our social media. And then I also do a Facebook once a month that we call it deeper, but it's really like a deeper drop in for 30 minutes to talk about, again, the theme of the month. Um, and then it's fun because Adam mm-hmm. and Eve will send me a bunch of cool items. Like they're, you know, again, the theme of the month, for instance, I think it was August was anal month or was it September? I think mm-hmm. it was August. Yeah. yeah it's but they sent me August. all yeah. kinds of, <laughs> anal August. Okay. They sent me all kinds <laughs> of cool toys. So then when I talked about anal pleasure and anal sex and, you know, relaxing the sphincters and all of those things for the deeper, you know, I got to show all the different toys and then there was a giveaway. So I'm not really a toy rep. Um, and I don't know tons about all the different products, to be honest. I, you know, I, I, I kind of learn about the right. stuff they send me um, and all cool sure. stuff. And, by the way, I would be amiss if I didn't mention for your listeners that anybody listening could go buy something right now um, and they just use drugs. The code is drugs, and they'll get 50% off. Um, but oh, I, you know, I'm going to post so that fun. right now onto the Facebook. <laughs> post that right now and free shipping. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Okay. So, okay. So it's, it's I get it for free because you know I'm I'm part of their team and it's fun to like have this giant collection growing, and then weave that into right. the sex education and to the sexual health knowledge that I'm providing them. And they're great because they're a huh. sex positive company. You know, we had a lot of conversations before I onboarded with them around my mission and my values, their mission and their values, and it's really aligned. You know, my mission is provide is promoting and giving permission for pleasure for all people and you know theirs is super similar so the alignment felt really good in terms of being in this symbiotic relationship with them right that's amazing and I was just going to add like you said you don't know all about the toys I mean I feel like Adam and Eve they have toys from a a lot of different um, companies they're they have like every toy in the world probably on their website is that not correct something like that they do. They have a bunch of toys from a bunch of other companies for sure, and then they have their own product mm-hmm. line. Because I, they, I feel like usually oh, okay. when they send me stuff, it's their own product line. Um, but when I've been okay. on their website, which is super comprehensive, you know, you can find everything uh-huh. under the sun. And I do, and I do think that they have other, other products from other companies. Is my is my understanding of it. Plus their own. Okay, so just yeah, and for the audience, can you tell the audience what the website is? I think it's the real Adam and Eve dot com. That's what they're Okay, and I'm gonna ask the let real me, Adam. Let and me double Eve. check com. that. Okay. I know for uh, that's for Instagram and that's for Facebook. But Okay. That's a good question if if it's just for Google. <laughs> um, well, I mean if if, well. if if they're going if you're going so everybody if you're going from um if you're going from Instagram type in the real Adam and Eve. And if you're going from Facebook, type in the real Adam and Eve, and it should at least lead you somehow down Actually, the path to the website. Just, uh-huh. Yeah, it's just adameve.com for their actual website. Adam, AdamEve.com. AdamEve.com. Okay, 
But if you want to social, okay. if you want to follow them on social media, either Facebook or Instagram, it's the real Adam and Eve. Okay, got um, it. Double check that too. Because I'm guessing my. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, yeah, yeah I mean, yeah, they've been ar- and how long have they been around? They've been around for a long time. At least ever since they've I've been, been around a since the seventies. Seventy. Okay. Yeah, I think since seventy-one is my understanding. Phil, I'm going to blank on his last name. Um, gentleman named Phil something started the company back in North Carolina, I believe, okay. in 1971, and they're in the same oh, place okay. since then. Their headquarters are still there. Um, so I it's see. A, it's a okay. cool company. Mm-hmm. So what about you? I mean, when you uh, when you work with um, you know couples and or individuals, and do you, are there any um, sex toy go tos that you um, sort of uh, recommend for for clients? I think it really depends on what somebody's interested in or struggling with. You know, mm-hmm. my mm-hmm. opinion on buying a sex toy, it's kind of like buying a pair of shoes. You got to go, you got to look at it. I mean, you can't really try it on because then you can't return it. Um, but you can, you know, <laughs> if you're buying shoes online, for instance, or even if you're in the store, you can kind of look at the shoe and get a sense of it and go, yeah, that's kind of a cool shoe. That works with my personality. I feel like there's a similar resonating that can happen with a sex toy, at least my experience when I'm looking at them, either online or, mm-hmm. or face-to-face. Um, you know, so, you know, if it's a, so I start there with, with things. From there, I ask mm-hmm. people, you know, like if it's a woman, for instance, does she get more pleasure out of her clitoris or internally in her vagina? You know, then you can gear mm-hmm. if it's going to be more of a dildo toy or a clitoral toy. Does she have, is she right. limited on space? If she's limited on space, maybe it's a pocket rocket. She sticks it literally like, you know, in her pocket or somewhere really quiet and discreet. Um, or if she right. has more space and she can have bigger toys, great. You know, then you, so you kind of have to gear it around the needs and wants of, of the client and, and their comfort with it too. Some people are not comfortable with a big giant rabbit dildo and others are like, absolutely. That's the only thing I'd ever buy. Personal and intimate um, choice and decision um, that people have to make. So, and then what about, this is, you know, something that nope, I don't hear a lot of people talking about, but I'm just going to throw it out there. Um, what if you had to recommend um, a sex toy for a teenager? Do you have any, yes. any insight about uh, that? Yeah. I think, I feel like it was it. Laura Berman who originally said that on Oprah, if I'm remembering mm-hmm. it correctly. Um, mm-hmm. But it was like game changing when it happened because I feel like all sex therapists, I hope all sex therapists like, yes, absolutely. Because, this is a time in, in a young person's life where, again, all their sex hormones are coming online, they're entering puberty, their eroticism is coming online, like everything's happening, and they might not quite be ready for a relationship to explore their sexuality. So exploring it by themselves through self-pleasure and masturbation is beautiful and needed and a great way to come in contact with your own body. And, and, and having a toy of any kind is just sort of like having more tools in your toolbox. Mm-hmm. So I, I agree you know, I 100%. Think, yeah. Yeah. More options. Why not? Why yeah. not? Then yeah. Because, you know, it's that, also you know, empowering. It's empowering. And we shy away from talking about sex with our kids 
um, and, you know, we leave it to other people or we hope that they're going to learn it somehow. But I think this is an opportunity for parents to, um, you know, sort of inject their values and say, you know, I recognize that you're a sexual being. Here are some options. And it also encourages masturbation and self-exploration, which I think can be really powerful in getting to know oneself sexually um, if we can't communicate, if we don't know what we like ourselves, how can we communicate that to partners? And I think that this can prepare young, you know, young adults for, you know, having a language and a way to communicate um, about sexuality as they, you know, mature and get older. So I think yeah. it's very important. And, yeah. And just to add, piggyback on that, Mo, I don't know if you, have you heard of Peggy Ornstein's book, Girls and Sex, Navigating the New Landscape? Oh, no, I haven't. Why don't you tell us about that? Um, well, it's an awesome book. Um, okay. <laughs> but she talks about the culture of sex in terms, you know, that g- girls are growing up in. Um, well, that all people mm-hmm. are growing up in, but she focuses on girls. And mm-hmm. and honestly, I feel like it, it speaks to my generation as well and potentially the generation above me. Um, but it's what's interesting about it is that the message of pleasure for women and girls is totally missing in this day and age. And that, Mm -hmm. you know, they're going through middle school and high school and even college with my pleasure doesn't matter. And that's very concerning. Um, And so I Mm -hmm. feel like if a girl is 14 and has a vibrator, she's not going to get that message. The message she's going to get is, Oh, orgasms feel good. It's my birthright to have them. Pleasure does matter. My pleasure matters. And I'm going to navigate that and communicate about that when I'm in relationship and not just brush it under the rug or, you know, say that it, that that's not an important part of the dynamic here. Right. Absolutely. So I think I would, my, being a, yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, go ahead. <laughs> agreeing with you I think that you know having having the knowledge having the tools that's just only going to prepare you for um, you know having better just having a voice you know being able to verbalize and vocalize and be aware of what you need and want yeah yeah it's empowering for sure Mm -hmm. yeah for sure all right well thank you so much, Jenny. Um, we're out of time for today, but this has been very enlightening. And um, the book that you just mentioned, I Googled it, and it's called Girls and Sex, Navigating the Complicated New Landscape. And the author is Peggy Ornstein. Um, and it looks like an amazing book. So um, uh, this has been an ex- excellent chat. Um, so thank you so much for coming on the air. Thank you for having me. It was fun. And yeah, and where can people reach you? Uh, my website is probably the easiest. The the Intimacy okay. Institute is my website. And, you know, from okay. there, if, you know, you want to fill out an info form or sign up for a workshop or do therapy if you're local, um, that those are all possibilities and services we have. Excellent. Excellent. Well, thank you so much, Jenny. And I'll also put the information about Jenny um, in the episode link below. So make sure you check that out. And everybody have a great day. Thanks, Jenny. Thank you, Mo. Take care. All right. Take care. Bye. Bye.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.